0: and fellow travelers of the world, greetings from Lovecraft Country, a PapiChuloRadio.com original series, PapiChulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Tuesday, September 22nd, 2020, and I am your host and tour guide, Derek Anthony. As we travel through Lovecraft Country, we're going to explore and dissect the latest episode of the HBO series. Please welcome my co-hosts. Jeffrey Aruz. What does the fox say? (laughs) (laughs) Priscilla Rocha.
1: Hey, everybody.
0: And Vanetta Berry.
2: Hello, everyone.
0: Let me open the guidebook so that we can explore season one, episode six, which is titled Meet Me in Daegu and aired September 20th, 2020. Here's the official travel diary of our itinerary. Atticus stumbles upon a Korean nursing student during the Korean War and he is unable to recall their violent introduction to each other. All right, let us get everyone's initial reaction to the episode. Let us start with Vanetta Barry. Um,
2: I really like this one. It wasn't scary. Um, I love the, the foreign aspect of it because I like foreign films and I like hearing their actual um, inflections. So, yeah, I thought it was a great episode.
0: Jeffrey, how about you? What was your initial reaction?
3: I co-sign Oddly enough, i w- I kept on reading mixed reviews from people, uh, which I guess we can get into that, but uh, yeah. i I found myself riveted. By the story, it was a little tentacle porny, um, certain aspects, which uh, which, you know, no shame in the tentacle porn game. Um, and uh, I, I really love learning more and more of like Asian and Pacific Islander uh, supernatural mythology. So seeing mm. sort of like a, a a a different layer to that. Uh, with uh, the Korean sort of supernatural mythology is, is, was really interesting. In high school, I had a lot of Filipino friends, and uh, it was always fascinating to hear, you know, like the woman in white and this and that or the other, like, you know, just the, the, um, the urban legends and, and things like that uh, that, um, that they experience. It's one of the reasons why I love anime, because we, we see a lot of that come to life. And so to see it in live action was really interesting. So I, I thought it was a, a pretty good episode. Priscilla?
1: Man, I love this episode. They gave us more insight into a character that we only caught glimpses of throughout this past and it was a little tentacle porny and it was very HBO. This episode was the most HBO we've had. Oh with yes. The sex scenes sprinkled in everywhere we go. But I didn't mind it as much and I don't know. I felt even though it was like a little bit dark for Tick to do a couple of the things that he did, I felt it added more to his character. Which is okay. where I felt a lot of people were upset online. They were just kind of like, no I can't support a character who did the things that he did. But I, I felt it just added more to his character. And it was hinted already, so... Cool. Y'all shouldn't be surprised this happened.
3: Oh, that's interesting. That's not the negative things that I read. That's interesting.
0: Well, I also very much enjoyed the episode. I loved seeing, um, you know, again, most of these episodes are like history lessons to me. So it makes me go and do a little research on this, that, the other. I hadn't done much research on Korea before this. Um, Yeah. I I really enjoyed the episode, and I did read some of those mixed reviews that we will get into. But, um, yeah, before we do that, we're going to break real quick um, for some announcements from our announcer.
4: Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments? Or concerns, email us via contact at Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for Greetings from Lovecraft Country and subscribe
0: thanks announcer all right so let's start with the mixed reviews
3: jeffrey oh well i didn't know it was just me uh i just i read some people had a problem that there were subtitles and i was like yeah. really people y'all don't like to read like it just it, that bothered me a lot um uh yeah, it's just you know I kept on reading comments of like I didn't like that there were subtitles I didn't like that you know it it took it, it it went out of Chicago and this out of the other and I'm like this is world building like we've we've been introduced a to this woman so we need to get to know a little bit more about her we already know that some traumatic stuff happened in Atticus's past uh, when he was a soldier in the war. So we got to get that chapter of um, that missing chapter. This is a, a departure from the book. This is specifically for the series. So this entire episode is not necessarily inspired by the book. Although, it, I mean, the, the aspect of Atticus returning from the Korean War is from the book. So this, this was uh, completely fresh and... And it was really interesting. I mean, I loved that the writers took the chance to, took took to, took a moment, I should say, to uh, allow us to get to know Gia before we were even in, introduced to Atticus. A lot of the, um, some of the other negative comments that I read was, "Oh, it took 30 minutes for us to finally see someone that we recognize. I'm like, we saw Gia. We've heard her voice. We we saw her once, so we know who she is. We might We've not seen her a couple times, yeah. I mean, we might not know her as much as Ruby and Letty at this point. But after this episode, we sure as hell know who the hell she is and what the hell she's got going on. Clang clang well, clang with the trolley. You,
0: let, me, let me tell you what upsets you about that, because I understand what upsets you about it, it. Upsets me about it. You have this wonderful show that's very forward-thinking. It's exploring all new things that you've never seen on television before. Mm-hmm. It causes need for discussion amongst fans since we're sitting here this evening. Um, and in general, you like to believe that people that watch the show, that enjoy this art, are of a certain mental capacity. yeah. And then you hear something like, I didn't want to read.
3: Yeah. And the same shit happened with Lost all those years ago. The first episode that focused on Jin and Son which what all the flashbacks uh were uh with subtitles. I remember people sort of freaking out over that as well and and then, you know, they ended up becoming beloved characters and we all looked forward to their flashback episodes. But I I do remember a little bit of sort of pushback from some people when that happened. Uh, even, you know, all those years ago when Lost was on network television.
2: Oh, I'm sure before that. I think it's it's also it's not just the subtitles because to what Priscilla was saying, also it's this I, it's a very lazy um, entirely American way of viewing um, and consuming media, which is my characters all have to be good or bad. I need characters that are either all good or all bad and that is not the way the world is and that is not the way anybody else in the world makes movies. It is part of the reason why our country struggles so hard with its um, negative aspects of its past because we want to be, we want to bury our head in the sand regarding those negative things but that's really kind of how
0: You get the good with the bad.
2: Thank you and, and you're so you just try to sell the good. Absolutely, and they just want to see Atticus as this hero that doesn't have anything bad, but he is a hero in the best sense kind of like um Marvel heroes are heroes in the best sense cuz they are they are really good and they are really bad. Like all of them are spotless. I have
0: a better example for you. What is that? John Carter.
2: Absolutely.
3: <laughs> see what's interesting know, is that i didn't priscilla mentioning what she heard that was the first time i heard it like and i read the comments you know i, I visit different websites and read the comments and i hadn't read anybody having a problem with atticus yeah
0: go go ahead priscilla that one was your
1: no but in in the forums that i read i they were people were like really upset with atticus having changed in their mindset, they're like, "I can't watch this show with somebody who is blatantly oh, shit, that yeah. evil." I'm like, "What?" But this was hinted at already. You knew he came back from the war, and he said, "I've done things, Letty." Like, he, he, and that should have given you the hint as, "Oh shit, he did war crimes." Like, you just you knew.
0: I think that goes back to what Veneta was saying. No about how we sell our media here Um, and the fact that the good guys are the good guys and the bad guys are the bad guys and you can't see your good guy doing something bad. But he was a soldier in the United States Army. What do you think When they go over there with all those guns they are doing? They are
2: killing
4: people with
2: them. They're tickling people, Derek. (laughs) They're just tickling and protecting. (laughs) And
0: the people that they kill are not bad people. They are in the service of their army, usually defending their land. Because, you know, we seem to have a problem with other people's shit. But I digress. I'm not getting into that. So, because this was, um... Because this was the type of, of episode that it was, I'm going to ask everybody to touch on one thing in particular that touched them. Um in the episode. Uh, Priscilla, you go first.
1: My favorite part was the part where you realize that all of what she's been doing has been to please her mother and her mother, like, doesn't love her and can't love her as a fox spirit. And... Wants her to change so she can change Back into this innocent girl that she Was before but she never was That innocent girl because She was like She was young like If you go back to like when she was an innocent Girl like what was she like a child Back then like
0: If they if she had killed 90 people by the time we caught up with her Um Then yeah she's probably been at that A little while
1: Yeah so The mother's never going to get what she wants from
2: the daughter. Well, in theory, the mother's thinking was that they pay the debt of a hundred souls. And that then the spirit would leave her. The fox spirit would leave her. And then she would be left with um, the daughter's innocence cleansed. So she would be returned back to this young, innocent child who did not get raped by her um, stepfather stepfather and did not kill 100 people and did not, you know, like, didn't have all of these other experiences because as the um, spirit, um, as, you know, you hear in that conversation, you know, your daughter doesn't exist anymore, and She really thought that after this debt was paid, that she was going to get this prior version of her daughter back without those traumatic memories, without that trauma in her spirit. And I think that was part of the progression throughout. And that was kind of heavy.
1: Man, but the little jabs that she gave it to her mom throughout it, like, he loved me. Did you know that? Like, that was... That was harsh. Like, you, you could tell that she was doing monstrous things even without being, like, even without killing, she was doing monstrous things. Because there, there was no call for that.
0: Well, I don't think that was an attack. Her, because, again, her mother had made a decision on who she was going to be, which was very much bristling against who she actually was. And her mother's defense was, I do this because I love you. But because she doesn't have a um, compass, a proper love compass, she hasn't, because she's had a trauma early on, and then, you know, been changed into a fox spirit, um, she doesn't have a proper compass on what is love, what are the different types of love. So I'm sure that what she was saying was 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 honest he you know he loved me now was it a good healthy love no no but apparently there was still some love there and i think that's what she's giving back to the mother because okay so he loved me and you loved me, and this girl at the nursing school that keep rubbing up on me, clearly she loves me too.
2: But are they all the same love? I got that there was a very strong questioning about like what, what is love? Because that was kind of her journey. Like she's just trying to figure out like, okay, am I am I so monstrous that I can't love? Like, and I love in this form do you have to change me in order for me to be able to love or to be lovable? And her relationship with um, the girl at the school really kind of helped her see that she could love uh, and have a love that didn't require anything mm-hmm. because that, that girl didn't require her to be different. She was just who she was. Who she was. Yes.
0: All right, so, Vanetta, since you're here, what was one of your favorite parts?
2: I had a lot of favorite parts, and this is going to be kind of funny to y'all. I really liked the her the first kill that we see her do. I thought that was so <laughs> fucking amazing.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, Vanetta, I, I don't find that crazy at all.
2: You didn't find it too scary? I didn't. Again, I jump scares are the ones that, that I struggle with the most. That wasn't really a jump scare because... No, you one, saw that coming. Yeah, I saw it coming. I saw the thing come out of her ear on the preview from last week, so I knew something was going to happen. Um, I was more scared when she was having sex with Tick every time. Because <laughs> I know <laughs> that this is in the past, and I know that Tick is supposed to survive, but... I'm thinking, I she had to have done something. How how does she know? And so I, my mind is going and every time they have sex. I'm like, oh shit, and then he's okay, and she's okay. Oh shit, that was scarier to me than watching. Like when she did that first, the first one we see, and he's like getting all into it, and and um, and then she just rips him apart with all those tails. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, that's pretty awesome. That shout out to
0: the FX team.
2: Yes, indeed. Jeffrey? Oh, God, just one thing?
3: Because um, there's a lot, as Veneta said.
2: Uh,
3: I know. A quick shout out to the sex, because if we're talking about the stuff that touched us, that touched me. I'm just saying. Sex was good. Um... If there was something, one thing in particular, um, the, the scene where the scene where Jia and, uh, and her mom, Sunhi are together and, um, she starts singing the, um, for lack of a word, the nursery rhyme Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that was, I just, I was, I was really impressed with Jamie Chung. I've loved her since she was Fa Mulan. On Once Upon a Time, she is the only live-action Mulan that I will recognize. <laughs> and so she... I, I enjoy her. That was my introduction to her. For some people out there, maybe you were introduced to her on The Real World over on MTV. I didn't watch that season. But uh, she, I, I, I've loved her since Once Upon a Time. So seeing her really sink her teeth and tails into the story uh, was... <laughs> was really good. And so I liked that moment in particular for both of the actors. But uh, Jamie as Gia sort of brought this little bit of sinisterness in it, uh, in that scene. Um,
0: My favorite was a very quiet moment. Because it's something that you... I don't think it's anything that I have ever, on television, handled in a way that it wasn't a joke. And it was when Atticus told her that he was a virgin. I cannot recall in my 40-plus years of watching television ever seeing a Black man have that conversation or make that statement, and there wasn't a joke or a laugh track behind it or they was
3: getting ready to pull a joke on him or something like that. Yeah,
2: it was a very tender moment.
3: Clearly, he learned some tricks because that second love scene. I'm just saying. Well, we don't know
0: how long he had been practicing.
3: Oh, we do. Yet, we saw the time frame.
2: It was a season. It wasn't like...
3: Yeah. A season is a long time. We just, hello. We're I'm all quarantined. Saying, it
2: was
3: Seasons feel like part. a long time. It's
0: also the first time I can think of, since you mentioned this earlier, uh, Jeffrey, this was in my notes. Um, I think this is the first actual nude Asian sex scene I've seen. Anybody?
2: It's the no. first one I've seen where where um, neither body is being fetishized. Okay. Um, I've seen other nude sex scenes, but it was very much in like a, you know, somebody goes to an Asian brothel,
0: yeah, I don't you know. count that. And they're
2: usually not having sex with other Asians, are they? No, it's usually, like, like that's what I mean by it's being fetishized by someone, you know, like a, a white male.
3: hmm You don't watch Asian or... cinema? They have the sex. Which one? You don't watch Asian cinema? They have the sex?
2: I think he's talking about American
3: movies. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you meant, like, in general.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm sure everybody else again like Do they, I
3: haven't family. seen Crazy Rich Asians didn't they not have sex in Crazy Rich Asians? Mm-hmm.
2: You, think, you know it's I've on... never seen Crazy Rich no. Asians
3: no. I know it's on my to-do list because I just, don't think looks they looks have good.
2: sex in there um, because there's so much other stuff going on it's really not about them I don't remember there being a sex thing I
3: don't know it's there a romantic a comedy be. I always there assumed that been, they always have sex
2: I don't think it was like nudity I have oh, to look again. Those, it uh, was good, un- though. One of those
0: undercover acts?
2: Yeah, like, you know, they, they roll around a little bit, and they get up, and they have the cover wrapped around them. Yeah. One of those.
3: Okay.
0: I would not count that. That is a very different
2: Joyla Joy La
3: Club. Was there not sex in Joyla Club? I know I'm going way back. I'm trying to think of just... I did not
2: see that. Adult I see
3: productions with a couple
2: times. I haven't people.
0: seen lately. And I do not believe there was any sex scenes in the
1: Joy Luck lot. I think there's just a lack of Asian representation in media in general.
4: So that if is there's true. a Lack
1: of rep- representation of Asian media in general, like you're gonna have a lack of sexual representation too. There's just not gonna, It's just not gonna be there.
3: Like, no, that is true. Uh, what was it? Uh, Crazy Rich Asians was the first. Uh, film with a majority Asian cast that was like number one at the box office since Joy Luck Club. Yeah. So, yeah. And and, and Mulan, was, live action Mulan, didn't get the ago? chance because of the corona. What was uh, Joy
0: Luck Club 25 years ago?
3: Yeah, 90s. It's somewhere in the 90s. Yeah, 35 years ago.
0: Um, Let's talk about Judy Garland. Speaking of things coming out of American media,
1: That opening was great. I love that movie. So to see Jamie Chung just kind of dance to the opening of Meet Me in St. Louis was charming. I thought it was great. You
0: said you've seen all these movies?
1: I've, well, it was always Meet Me in St. Louis, wasn't it?
3: No, there were a couple different
1: ones. There were a couple of different ones.
0: And, um, Summerstock was the one that um I myself have never seen any of them. The only Judy Garland movie I've seen is the one she's most known
2: for. I have seen all of them because I went through a phase where um back before cable and HBO and everything were the way they were the way they are now. Um girl, so did you have
0: like, did you have Spectrum? Did you have on TV? Did I have what? Spectrum on TV.
2: Maybe it was Spectrum. I don't remember. I just know that we had um, we had American Movie Classics and the Disney Channel, which show all of these old movies. And I got really obsessed with Judy Garland and Audrey Hepburn when I was like a teenager and young adult. And I was just obsessed and I watched all of these old movies because I wanted to know... What references to these things were, Um, I felt it was really important that I not be left out of conversations because I didn't know a reference that other folks would use. So I became obsessed with learning these things and watching these movies so that I wouldn't be left out of conversations.
3: That was AMC and TCM. Disney Channel did not show Judy Garland or uh, Audrey Hepburn.
2: I know it was one of those stations that we had, and was just like, at any moment of time, you would just be able to watch all of those old movies. It was really great.
0: Jeffrey, have you seen them?
3: As much of a cinephile as I am, I actually haven't. I mean, I'm aware of the movies, but I, I've just never seen them. Um, there are other, like, Rodgers and Hammerstein musicals from the time that I've always really wanted to see, but I've never seen um, they've always, you know, they're, they're sort of on my imaginary list in my head of movies that I should watch, but um, I've never seen them. Uh, the only one that I've seen is uh, The Wizard of Oz that she stars in.
0: Um, what did you guys think of the meeting? Oh, it's like speed dating
3: for an engineer. Oh, that was cute.
0: Yeah, I was wondering if that's where speed dating came from.
3: Her yeah, I, I felt bad hilarious. for her. I felt bad for her. She kept on getting the X. Even after that boy, they connected, and he was like, "Nah, <laughs> like no."
2: So I read this re- Well, Um, I did. I read a couple of reviews today, and um, also there was an interview that um Jamie Chung did, um, where she's talking about that that scene, and like um one of the writers was saying that they kind of wanted to allude to the fact that um. So Judy Garland had kind of had this like um, queer identity thing happening. And so the fact that he was into all of the American movies and things that she was into was like a nod to saying that he may have been queer. And so um, when he matches with her friend, um, she comes over and she says he's probably as dull as dishwater, but uh as ditchwater, but at least um like I have no idea why he choose why he chose me, but you can you should come and get some eye candy right and so that idea was that maybe he just um, picked someone who he had nothing in common with, so he wouldn't be found out.
3: That was interesting. I thought about that I was it was happening as well, but then they never really followed up with it, so I was like. If that's what they were doing, I mean, I, I guess it was a subtle little thing. Um, I I was questioning, Youngja. Um, I I know that in, in different cultures, intimacy is is different, especially and also with the times. Um, I I feel like. Uh, intimacy, uh, between friends, uh, was very different, uh, 50 years ago, a hundred years ago, et cetera, et cetera. So, but I always kept on looking at Youngja and how she would react to Jia, because initially when she was introduced, I was like, is she going to be like the mean girl? Because there were always these looks between Jia and Youngja, and then when they befriended each other, I was like, "Oh, okay, so they're you know they're showing uh, you know this strong female bond." I did feel that there was a sexual undertone, but then I did too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then, but then it kind of sort of fizzled because it, it seemed more so that the undertone was that she was in essence a communist sympathizer or if not a communist sympathizer straight up communist and and the for me at least once that came out no pun intended um it the, the sexual undertones kind of disappeared
0: see for me it didn't fizzle it when um they stopped when, when they hung the first communist and that scene where Mihong and um, um, what's her name?
3: So Youngja and Jia. Yeah,
0: Jia. Thank you. Um, when they stand there and have that conversation, and Mihong tells her, "You, you know, you you can't be what your pe- people want you to be. They want you to do that. You need to be who you want to be." And she was rubbing that girl's arm, mm-hmm. and she said something about not making monsters. You know, not turning us into monsters, not making monsters out of us. We are different, and it's okay to be different. I think what happened was that whole monster thing hit her. So it wasn't so much that it fizzled or the sexual tension wasn't there anymore. It could only be there from one side. Because, yes, you're different, and I'm different, but I'm a different kind of different, and so we can't even go there.
3: I don't know. We might be looking at it from a 2020 standpoint. And I know that oh, there are, a bit. I don't know. I, I know that, the, that we, I mean, clearly we, um, we figured out Montrose and all that kind of stuff. So, so we have been right about certain things. I don't know. I, I was trying to, like I watch rewatch their scenes and I don't know if, if young was supposed to be queer, um, I don't know I, I don't know if we'll ever find out i mean clearly I mean, she's dead so i don't know if we will ever yes. yeah she's dead she was getting a whole teeth extraction
0: yeah this, this lovecraft country so that's all i'm
3: saying oh yeah i'm sure her ghost could come back i'm sure but uh but yeah i don't i don't know i don't know i really struggled with that i really liked young ja. Um, and I really like their friendship and, and friends can, can be friends and then female friends hold hands and that sort of thing. And so I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, I don't know what they were trying to do with that. I did like that at least for Gia, the lesson was that, you know, someone can love me and I can love someone back. And, uh, so for Gia, I thought it was a good, uh. Lesson because clearly it it made her really question what uh, Sunhi was telling her you know, that she was a monster, that she, you know, she's this uh, spirit and she's not a a real person. When she's like, no, I am a person, I can love, people can like me.
2: (laughs) I think it also speaks to how we think about victims and what victimhood looks like. Because the whole situation with the mom is like you like they already had the shame brought to their house because uh, she was unmarried. And then she gets married to this guy to, you know, bring back their social status. And then now she's stained with this victimhood of um, of him having sex with her daughter. And I believe, you know, the monster is the victimhood and the trauma of surviving rape. That's what it felt like for me. Like, um, obviously, there's a real monster inside of Gia. We know this. We saw the tentacles and everything. But um, we could also see it as. Um, an allegory for, you know, the the monster of like what it what happens to a person when they are confronted with sexual violence, and um, and how do you how does a family deal with it?
0: Depending on where those fans are, I think. All right. Um, any other? Again, there was a whole lot happening. I didn't make a full list this time around because I knew everybody was going to want to talk about some favorites. We'll do one more round of that, and then I have to um, throw a theory out there.
1: I liked the friend that Tick had, the Asian friend, the one that was just kind of like, yeah, you're never going to have him say that, he's, that he knows Judy Garland unless he was his butler, and I'm never going to be... Um, in America okay because they call me a gook like I thought he was interesting and I wish we had gotten a little bit more of him
0: does, anybody, does, does everybody think this, this show is only going to be one season
1: I go back, back go and, and forth with world. it but
3: there's only
0: one four more episodes left?
3: yeah I go back and forth with it in my head um, part of me is like maybe it'll be a season like Watchmen uh from my understanding because i haven't seen it yet i know horrible me uh but from my understanding it it is a full story but they do leave a couple of dangling threads sort of like what if if they were to continue it on is that am i correct in what i've sort of gathered Um, about watchmen i i don't
0: know that i would agree with that um it did not feel like a complete story I think they gave no no, I think they gave you a whole complete story, but they wrote it in such a way that there was ever only gonna be one season of it. Okay. So with, the story that they tell, you can't top that story. You can't go anywhere else with that story.
3: Okay. So yeah. with this one, they it, it does seem like they're tackling the entire book in this first season. They have Expanded. They have. Uh, this whole episode is an expansion. This was not in the book at all. So they have expanded and they've proved that they are able to expand and make it interesting. They have updated stuff and tweaked things. They've killed characters earlier than in the book. They've kept characters alive later on and then in the book. They've change things, combine character and this out of the other. So I, I feel like if they wanted to they could write some more. I mean racism. Spoiler alert racism didn't stop past 1954. There's, there was still racism in 1955.
2: I know shocker.
0: I don't,
3: lie. I don't, shocker.
0: I don't think they, that they may necessarily
3: finish this book in one season it does based i mean this th- i'm not gonna go into spoilers but based off of just episode titles it, it looks like uh-huh. it looks like it's 100 percent it, well it, this like, dude can write yeah.
2: another story just like um george R. R. martin oh wait he didn't Never well done.
3: that's funny <laughs> uh that is hilarious but um i mean they can always expand i mean lovecraft just lovecraft period I mean, there are many books that they can interpret. I mean, they don't have to necessarily fully go by by the book that um, that they're uh, interpreting. I mean, the theme is is Lovecraft, so there are other Lovecraft uh, creatures and monsters that sure. they can incorporate into 1950s, and uh, you know, showing the horrors of racism. And, 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 you know, the, the other horrific creatures around. Like, I could see them continuing it on if the showrunner and the writers and the actors wanted to continue on. But I do think at the end of the season, you know, I mean, the final episode is called Full Circle. So I, I do think we'll get a Full Circle moment and um, they will have completed the entire book by the end of the season nope. my hope is that they do leave some dangling threads you know so that hbo can renew it i mean it has been incredibly popular oh, they're,
0: gonna leave, they're gonna leave dangling threads it's all yeah. kinds of, i mean that's why i'm saying there's only four episodes left i know the next one focuses on one particular character which leaves you three one of them is a time travel episode and the one before
3: that so, is features another particular character
0: So that leaves you with two, and there's too much going on to properly close out every storyline that you have. I don't know. Have right now.
3: I don't disagree. I hope that there is more. I feel like it probably will. Uh, Like, uh, I see this being incredibly successful at the Emmys next year, at least with nominations. Journey, Wound Me. And at least uh, uh, Ingenue will be nominated, period. Because I feel like the next episode is just going to be spectacular for her. I'm just saying.
0: Oh, you haven't heard that before. from. There.
3: I know, but it's Are coming. You? And I didn't disappoint with woonmies I'm just saying. Am, am I next in saying favorite stuff? Yeah. I'm asking. All right. So what to, haven't we talked about that I really liked? Um... So we mentioned the, the relationship between the friends. Um, I, I love the mother-daughter dynamic as sort of um, contentious as it was throughout the majority of it. At the end of it, when in essence, soon kind of accepts Jia. Uh, we're not Jia, but, but the, um, the oh gosh. Yeah, the... how do you pronounce it? the. Um the uh Kumijo, yes the Kumijo in gia i thought that was really powerful i thought uh well the sex was was good um the final one though when we saw her see Atticus's past as well as his future i thought it was I don't incredibly
0: I don't, I don't well
3: i just want to say i thought it was incredibly fascinating that's all i will leave eh. Okay. And then the the conversation at the end with the Mudong was fascinating as well. I'll just leave it at that because I don't know if you're going to go into that, which probably you will, because she talks about stuff. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was beautifully shot. I thought the locations were really nice, and um, and yeah, just the the. Um, the Korean supernatural mythos that was weaved into plot was really fascinating, especially because we're seeing we're seeing everything in essence from a female point of view, but because Jia as the Kumiho, she's absorbing these men and she's retaining all of their memories, we're seeing her we, we saw her learn about love through the male perspective, through these male oriented memories and having her then learn about love as a female, you know, from her own perspective, I thought was really fascinating as well.
2: I think that I also enjoyed the scenes with Gia and um, Tick when they're falling for each other. Mm-hmm. Because, um, like when he take when he does the movie thing, that whole scene of her coming into the the um on Space, base,
0: the army camp
2: was really um, disturbing. And then also, you go through this like all of these emotions. Is she walks up? and the guy is so mean to her and we just saw him be really kind to her in a previous scene so it just threw me off and he's like um he calls her a sex worker and says that she can't be there look I'm gonna take you um I'm gonna take you in because you're probably a communist sympathizer and she's all scared and I'm scared for her and he takes her in and then it's a setup so that she can have some time with Tick and I think it wouldn't have worked it wouldn't have worked for her the same way it wouldn't have worked. it, it didn't work for me to know in advance that that's what was happening because she, her response was what it should have been if she were being right. taken in for questioning and so i i got so wrapped up in that um setup that it was i was just as confused when uh, when she went in there too and i was like wait what and I'm still expecting the the other shoe to drop, you know. Um, but then, you know, he you know the movie starts and it's really great, and I just really liked, um, I liked that scene, um, and it does what Lovecraft does so well, um, Lovecraft Country rather. Um, it it gives you like the people who couldn't understand that Tick would do the things that he did in this episode act like they haven't been watching this entire show which is they set you up with with this really negative expectation and hit you with a positive they set you up with a positive thing and then hit you with a negative like it's it's incredibly disorienting but also very much like our life is especially here in 2020 so um i think that's what i liked about that scene
0: okay i agree with you they have not been they have not been paying attention. It's been real surface for them. Um, let me just say my other yes. favorite part um, again is tick. It's when he um, is laying in the hospital bed when he initially gets in he's trying to read and his glasses are broken and then he's just he's having almost having a temper tantrum and
1: almost he had a temper tantrum. He totally, Thank you. he totally threw his glasses and just kind of like flopped his body around like a temper tantrum.
0: <laughs> it makes you think about how young these cats are who they send off to war. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they are adult in body, but most of them have never faced what one might face in war, do the things that you're being told to do, like, you know, shooting a chick in the face, just because. Um, so yeah, again, props to the, the actor for all that uh, vulnerability that we almost never get to see coming from male Black male black characters. All right, Jeffrey, you had two more things.
3: Yes. The, the first thing was... Because we're we're watching an episode that's taking place in uh, South Korea, uh, seeing the romanticized American Americana experience on film and and seeing how seductive it was to Jia, I thought that was interesting. Because that's really what what cinema was in the 1950s, especially if you're living in other countries. I mean, you're seeing the sort of idealized world uh, that America is with romance and music and, you know, always a happy ending. It kind of goes into what Vanetta was saying earlier as well about heroes and, you know, in American cinema, always having the hero be good and, and never do anything bad and that sort of thing. And then uh, having Atticus um, explain that he uses media, in essence, using books, to escape the, the America that's not being represented in film. So see, hearing that juxtaposition, seeing how they bonded over that, that was really nice. And, um, and what was the other thing that I was going to say? Um, there was something else, but I can't remember off the top of my head now. Um, but it, it just, oh, um wait, oh, crap, it was right there, but then it left. Um, it was
0: the use of Judy Garland at the end of the episode?
3: Well, no, I, you can bring that up. I I thought it was good, too. Um, I didn't recognize her voice. Uh, but I guess all the, the alcohol and the cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. You
0: know? Yeah. Because was, um, was so, you, you, I wasn't sure it was heard first either. But then I had to really pay attention and it sounded like a mix between Judy Garland and Liza Minnelli.
3: Mm. Mm-hmm. See, I figured it had to be her just because she was just so heavily featured in the episode yeah. that it would make sense. And, and hearing what she was talking about from the little that I do know about her life, it just it made sense that that that's that that was her and that she was, in essence, talking about. Being a woman and, and uh, you know, how the media treats her, how the fans treat her, and that sort of thing. And it really did work well. Uh, they're do- yeah. They do a spectacular job with just finding these quotes, these, you know, these long form uh, audio clips from the past that just work really well as narration for whatever's going on on the screen. Um, that was brilliant. Uh, you know, kudos to whomever is in charge of the archival department on Lovecraft Country, because they've been doing a really good job. And and I have heard a hmm? few
0: people that say they do not care for the voiceovers; it
3: takes them out of the show. Really? But all the voiceover, in essence, sort of doubles down. On whatever is being shown, and sometimes it even explains a little bit of what's being shown. I I don't. Yeah, I don't understand why anybody would have a problem with it. I wasn't one
0: of those
3: (laughs) people. Okay, no, no, I know that, but it's, it's strange, and and it's weird because if you think about Judy Garland, I mean, I mean, this show has been, you know, showcasing the black experience in the nineteen fifties, in particular here in the United States, and now abroad. To have the whitest of the whitest of the whitest ladies <laughs> you're doing the voiceover in this episode, but yet still making it so relevant with what was going on on the screen, I-, I thought was brilliant.
0: But I think the reason why they used Judy Garland at the end is because it was that fantasy versus reality thing that was happening. They showed her movies all through the episode, which was pure fantasy, and then the reality of her life in making those movies is 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 played for you in an audible version, an audible version. At the end, mm-hmm. this is where all the glam and glitter and ritz and you know trolley cars got me. All right, so speaking of the end,
2: wait, can can um can Priscilla tell us her other favorites?
0: Oh, I thought I'm sorry, Priscilla,
2: did I say it? She keeps coming off?
0: Girl, me. I'm it's so I am coming. so sorry. I be trying to keep these names and who's done what and who went where. I apologize. You know it was not personal go ahead, Priscilla.
1: Nah, I just wanted to say that I loved the fact that it that their love stemmed from hate to love, that it stemmed from something as innocuous like of course it stemmed from him killing your friend, but like the relationship relationship started with her not wanting to read him his book and Lord. ruining the ending for him. <laughs> and it was so fucking petty as hell. And I remember when I was watching it, like, with my boyfriend, my boyfriend was just kind of like, what the hell? She ruined the book. You don't do that to somebody. And she got real upset over that.
3: That's funny.
1: <laughs>
3: That's funny. funny. Oh, the second point I remembered as as Priscilla was talking, just the idea of the monster, how we all have a monster inside of us, some on the show, literally. Uh, but but the, the figurative idea that we all have a monster inside us, which apparently was yeah. lost on everybody that hated Atticus in this episode.
0: Which I don't understand he was in war, okay, so Jeffrey, I want to go back to something you said, um when you were talking about when 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 she did accidentally release all all the all the tentacle porn
3: unleash the hounds, yeah,
0: and she she saw his past. Did you have something else with that
3: well no i just, I thought it was interesting. We saw, okay. yeah, no. We saw the past. We saw the future. Uh, I'm assuming this is where your theory is coming in. Yes. I have okay. A theory. I would love to hear it because your theories are spectacular.
0: This is a little out there, but she only ever saw a person's life. She never saw a person's future before. What if? This Atticus that she almost fed off of is not the Atticus we yet know. What if this is some time travel Atticus happening? Because she did see the future.
3: I thought she said she could see someone's whole life passing
2: in the
0: she future could see their of whole the people. Life, but she'd never seen anybody's
2: future before. She had never seen anybody's future before because she killed them, so she they wouldn't have a future. So okay. the reason why she sees Didn't Atticus's just... future is because she doesn't kill him. And in the moment, the reason why she's seeing it is because she is literally pulling back with all her might to keep from killing him. Didn't she see the potential future that the guy, the first
1: guy that she killed with That's him like I... climbing Mount Everest and Yeah,
3: like and having and a full family and I I thought that was his potential future as well.
0: Yeah. I thought that was his whole life. Because she's because she said she absorbed. That's how she knew all she knew about the stepfather because she absorbed all of their memory. I think he was married and was getting it on with this girl from the bar.
3: Well, probably, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I guess I guess I'd have to rewatch that section again.
0: I'm just gonna make a whole suggestion.
3: But my whole thing. Oh yeah! Yes, you like to watch the first episode and until the new episode.
0: I don't do it. I I haven't done it last few weeks. I started today after rewatching episode six, and the same flower that Articus gives her at the movie when when he when he sneaks her in to show her the movie, it looks very much like the flower he bought in the first episode at the woman, from the woman who had her baby and was selling flowers across the street from the hotel.
3: Hmm, interesting. I will say, two points since, well, since you mentioned Atticus. Number one, he hella downplayed to Letty about what happened. Uh, you know, did you love her? Oh, I don't uh, uh, No, no, no. Wait. uh come <laughs> on, man. So.
1: Dude, but what are you going to do? Are you actually going to tell her at the time, yes, I loved her?
3: Yes! That would have been, if we're going to talk about him being you know, a a tender black man, he would have been like, you know, I lost my virginity to her, and it was a nice, lovely moment. This, that, I mean, he doesn't have to mention the tentacles, although by now, she'd probably believe him, you know what I'm saying, after all they've been through. But, um... I don't know. Well, he, he was so, well, you know, I don't know.
0: I don't give my whole sexual history to nobody. My husband don't even know my whole sexual history.
3: Oh, okay. Well, there you go. But um,
0: I mean, he got a pretty good idea. I wasn't, you know, selling, I wasn't selling misused goods and no shit
3: like that. Oh, okay. But as long, the long as they were good, good a,
0: goods. Not, that you might be in love. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I lost my virginity.
3: I don't know. He did hella downplay it, though. He could have said something else without saying everything. I feel like he downplayed big time. But that's part of his trauma. I get it. Um, I know exactly. No, but here's the thing. No one has mentioned it yet. So in one of the flashes in the future, Atticus is in bed with another woman that is not Letty. Yes: dark-skinned. A darker-skinned dark-skinned. black woman. Yes. So,
2: yeah, I definitely peeped that. I freeze framed so it because I was like, "What?" And I was like,
0: "Wait, that's not. That's definitely not Letty, and that's not her." Okay.
2: I thought she was going to be upset and say, "You said you had never had sex before." I didn't realize that she was seeing his future. So I was like, "Well, what the heck is that?" So oh, yeah. what that tells me is, yes. He is likely to die, but we're all going to die. Um, she didn't see everything in a specific order, so whether or not it's you're dying because you went home, or sometime long after you go home, you're going to die because you know black people don't age. You know, <laughs> you may have been seeing <laughs> fifty-year-old Atticus. Getting lynched, you know. <laughs> Instead of you know, twenty year old Atticus getting lynched, mm. and she maybe didn't notice. Maybe she didn't know the difference. I, you know, there's a whole lot of unanswered questions there, and um, I really do think that her character is going to come back in some other way. Um, oh, I agree because I really liked her.
0: I, I know think. Jeffrey been waiting on her the whole time.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I love me some Jamie Chow. Like- but at, at the dough, at the dough, yeah. But um, we also have to remember this was fall of 1950.
0: Yeah,
3: so that's the last time he saw her. We don't see him in Chicago until 1954, right? No, this no, is serious, is. but 1954 yeah. so it's been four, four years, so he could have been having sex with that other black woman because it's not Letty. In between 1951 and 1954.
0: But all she saw was his future.
3: Correct. That would have been the future. I'm
0: sorry. That that was part of his
3: future. Correct. That would have been the future. I'm just saying, you know, because I don't feel like he's going to cheat on Liddy. Uh, (laughs) I am hella fascinated by who she was. Um, And as far as him dying... um, when he was uh, deciphering the uh, Sons of Adam pages, uh, one of the words that he deciphered right before he called Jia was "die," D I E. That's what prompted him to call her. So, um, yeah, there's that.
0: So, is it possible that one of the other attractions, to one of the other attractions
2: between them, is that they were both creatures of magic? That could have been. That could have also been why she wasn't, like, why he wasn't um, harmed more when the tentacles came out. One, she was trying to stop it, but also, you know, he has magic that he didn't even know he had.
0: Right. You have not even become one with the darkness yet. That's what the shaman does. Do. What does it mean?
3: I didn't really understand any of that at the end. So I don't know if any of you want to explain it to me. Because I was very confused. I just saw this foreshadowing. I didn't understand any of it, though. Because I was like... Because she was like, so is... Like, even after all of that, she was like, is Atticus going to be okay? And she was like, why are you concerning yourself with, like, human stuff? Like, you're not human. Like, you shouldn't concern yourself. Like, you shouldn't care if this woman loves you because she's a human and you're not a human. And... You know, you haven't even touched the darkness yet, and this, that, or the other, and I was like, I have no idea what you're saying, lady. I, I just burnt. I watched her burn that piece of paper and the ash go up in the air, and I was like, that's the only thing I understood.
0: Yeah, I just took it as foreshadowing because you know, um, there was so no other. There was nothing else for me to see
3: there. Yeah, I am glad that they gave her something else to do, like at post Atticus. Leaving, Jia, uh, you know, I'm glad that we got to see, like, a, a true end to to this chapter of her story. I was just like, what the hell does any of that mean? It means she may show up in the States? More than likely, yes.
2: Yay! I don't know. I I kind of took it as, um, so they go to the shaman and, um... You know, the shaman's kind of pissed because the the payment wasn't made. You know, right. they needed 100 men and she didn't get the 100 men. She got 99 men. And my thing is, like, can you just, like, cop me that one soul? You know, whatever.
3: Well, no, <laughs> but, because at the um, end of it, she doesn't want to know, be human again. She's accepted herself.
2: But you don't... I don't know if you paid attention to the fact that the mom says, yeah, she didn't... um she didn't get the last soul, but is there some way that I can pay her price? yeah, so there's this intimation that she will become like like the mom is going to try to do something else to get her soul back um and so there there's that little overtone that um I think they wanted us to see, and then her staring down the fox. That was another bit that we needed to see because um, it's kind of kinship and it's also kind of like um, acceptance. But then in that acceptance, she still is concerned about Atticus, um, showing that she has grown into um, having more of a soul than you know was originally understood by the mom nor the uh, shaman. And so, what the mu said, what um, the shaman—they call her a mu. Um, Mudong. What she says is that, um, like, that's not something that you should even be concerned about. But it's clear that she is still concerned about it, and she's trying to get her to not be concerned about it because, like, you have this other thing that, like, your path is this other thing. But she's still concerned because the nature of love and that's something that she's just learned that she can do. That's how I took it.
3: So you lost me because I didn't interpret the beginning of the scene this, the way that you did. I also have a little bit of cheating because I did listen to the Lovecraft Country radio podcast with the writer and, and, and that sort of thing. So she sort of explained it a little bit. She didn't explain my questions at the end of like, what the hell the Mudong was saying, because I'm, I'm still confused by her. But the way that the writer explained it is by that point in the story um uh the mother had in essence accepted uh, um- ac- accepted Jia for the fact that she is the kumiho, and uh in essence, what they were going to the mudong for. Was to be like, okay, so she didn't get the 90, she's at 99, she didn't get the 100, but in essence, we're sort of pausing this, and we didn't really see, we we, we thought she was going to get to 100, and you know, that I was going to get my daughter back, and this, that, the other, we didn't foresee the fact that we're stopping at 99, and what happens next now, like, where do we go from here because G.I. is going to stay with this uh, spirit in her.
0: Until somebody get an engine going hot and hard.
3: Well, yeah.
0: Who knows what'll happen. All righty. Well, we can now go to our MVP section. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character has been chosen, they cannot be selected again, so choose wisely. And this week, I'm going to go first because I'm not going to get none of y'all no opportunity to steal Atticus from me. (laughs) Atticus was a black man with emotion and feelings and vulnerabilities. And I loved him for it. And I don't care what those internet people say. People are more than just one good and one bad. It's all in how you're looking at it. Next is (laughs) Vanessa. Who is your MVP?
2: I want to say Gia, but I don't want Gia as like when she's being a girl. I like her when she's like channeling the Camille and she's like speaking in that deep, rough voice and scaring the shit out of her mom. <laughs> That's the one I like.
0: Alright, Priscilla, who is your MVP?
2: It's killing me that I
1: can't remember her name now, but um, her Gia's Friend, the nurse friend, Youngja. the one who sacrificed herself for her. Youngja. Youngja, yeah. I thought it was noble of her. Like she could have kept silent and kept her cause true, and all the nurses would have died, but the communist motion, the communist mo- movement, would have kept ongoing without any data being leaked, but. She loved Jia so much that she confessed. So, yeah.
0: All right. Jeffrey, who is your MVP for the week?
1: I'm going to give it to He. I
3: thought Cindy Chang did a really great job as the mom. Uh, just uh, talking about monsters. Uh, I mean, she was very monstrous in the beginning. In, in essence, uh, you know... Um, turning her daughter into a sex worker you know it was that that's the undertone overtone middle tone that was there from the beginning and then once we found out the truth that she's doing this to get her daughter back there were still some sinister undertones with that her reaction to gia when uh, as vanetta said she goes full dark side i thought was really good I was really impressed. I, I, I enjoyed her throughout the episode. I mean, everyone else has been right, and there aren't that many more to choose from, but she, as as the episode was going on, I was like, I like her. Um,
0: She didn't kind of sell her
3: daughter as a sex
0: worker. She sold her daughter as a sex worker.
3: No, yeah. That's why I said over 100 middletones.
0: Oh, okay. Because, yeah, she, it, it became very clear... That for a life of comfort, she was willing to give up her little girl's innocence.
2: But many women um, deal with that. And not just in the 50s. So I thought it was impressive that they went there. Because that is definitely something that happens.
0: Not just women. All right. Let's rate this puppy. Rate this episode on a scale of one to <laughs> ten keys. The point system is allowed. If you found this episode exceptionally deserving of more than ten, you may grant it the coveted golden key, except for Jeffrey, because Jeffrey is out of golden keys.
3: Nope, I went to Costco over the weekend, and I'm in stock with golden keys for me and for everybody else.
0: Nobody else <laughs> out Jeffrey.
3: Well, there is no That's limit. The You're the only one that gives yourself a limitation.
0: Yes. Because it has <laughs> to mean something. Alright. Um, I have checked the randomizer. Priscilla, what is your rating for this episode?
1: I think I'm going to give it 10 keys. Not necessarily a golden, because I still feel like there are other things like the the friend of Atticus who could have like maybe gotten a little bit more just because I would have liked to have seen what the... What, what life was like for somebody else. But, I don't know. Ten keys is pretty good.
0: Ten okay. keys Ten keys. it is. Vanetta, what are you giving this episode?
2: I am going to give this... I'm giving it nine keys. I really liked it. Um... Yeah, I really
0: liked it, and nine keys is where, I'm, where I am. Okay.
2: Jeffrey? All right. Uh, I
3: thought it was a good episode. Um, I thought they did a really great job of world-building in the episode. I loved the Asian supernatural mythos that we saw. I love how presumptuous you were that I was going to give it a golden key. I'm not. I'm going to give it a nine and a half. I'm saving my golden key that I got at Costco over the weekend for next week. Rip, light up.
0: You haven't seen the episode yet. So. I
3: saw the promo, and it's everything that I think it's going to be based off of the synopsis that I read about that chapter.
0: So I will tell you, I'm really upset. They did a uh, they did a special drive-in viewing in Chicago uh, Wednesday night. I think Wednesday night or Thursday night of episode six, and I didn't know anything about it, and I was angry. I'm
3: but angry I for didn't you too.
0: Signed out until after the fact, right? All these people I know in all these groups, and ain't nobody say, hey, Derek, get in your car and come to the planetarium.
3: I blame Lori Lightfoot. Yes.
0: <laughs> well, I am going to give this episode nine keys. I really enjoyed it. Um, You know, Jeffrey, you were very right. It did a lot for the world building, which is why I think that they are doing all this world building because this show is going to continue on past its original 10 fingers crossed hoping so um, yeah and it was it was great it was great getting out of chicago for a while and seeing what else was out there and more stuff for people to obsess over and realizing there are people out there who don't like to read so sad. and right and with that As we end this week's journey into Lovecraft Country, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us.
4: Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for Greetings from Lovecraft Country and subscribe. Thanks,
0: announcer. My co-host. Please wish the listeners a good night.
3: Jeffrey. Good night, listeners. Be safe out there. Wash your hands, wear a mask, and uh, watch out for the tentacles. They're coming for you.
1: Priscilla. Aw, the tentacles don't have to be all that bad. You saw at the end. They can save you. Oh, okay. All right, then. Good
2: night, everybody.
0: Watch out for that tree. Good night,
2: y'all. Tentacles and all.
3: All nine of them. Nine tentacles for nine orifices. Did y'all do the math?
0: I did do the math.
3: Mm-hmm. I, did.
0: I yeah, didn't that realize that. There was a lot of blood. Those, those many holes. They said this was the bloodiest episode ever. And how do you clean that room after?
3: I don't know if I agree with that, because there was a whole lot of blood with Ruby.
0: They said it was the bloodiest episode.
3: I, I know. I heard that. they said that. I don't know if I... I wish I, they could have heard me when I was like, Really? Because I don't know if I fully agree. Maybe with the gallons, because you have to spray the whole room. But, nah, I don't know. All right, back to you, Derek.
2: I didn't understand how Mom was cleaning with that little rag. <laughs> how she was ever going to get that. I well, again,
0: that's why to it took that long to the whole damn room. days. It
3: took five months to clean the room. So you 1950. <laughs> there's no Swiffer Sweeper. There's no Roomba. I don't even know if Mr. Clean exists. Maybe not in South Korea.
1: <laughs> a rumor would just make a mess out of that. I know.
3: No Pine Saw and no uh, Fabuloso.
0: And on that note, thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Greetings from Lovecraft Country every Wednesday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Poppy Chulo Radio Archives. This is Derek Anthony wishing you a good night.